All right, good morning, everybody. Mike Courtney here, Mass Mutual Eastern Pennsylvania, coming to you on a very gloomy and dreary Wednesday morning, end of November, uh, following a big uh, USA 1-0 World Cup win to uh, push them into the round of 16, something I was very excited about. So hopefully everybody's enjoying the World Cup and getting ready for the holiday season. Joined here, as always, by my good friend and counterpart, Steve Parisi. Steve, how are you today? Fantastic, Mike. Thank you for asking. Ready for the day? Rain or sun, whatever it is. <laughs> whatever it is, we can handle it. Um, so Steve uh, has a couple, couple of nice cases. Steve always has a couple of nice cases, by the way. But Steve has a couple of nice cases that we're working on. And not to say that we've noticed a trend, but something's come up recently with some of your um, higher net worth, ultra high net worth, folks that's caused you to um you know build out a little something a model uh, that we're going to take a look at this morning correct yeah yeah definitely um and it's it's been a trend call it over the years just you know when i work with individuals setting up the policies and everything is fun but really the conversations whether that's on the phone or emails i really try and listen very very closely and try and find out exactly what are they looking for, what questions they have, and then make sure that that the answer that I put together, the answer to their question is so clear, whether that's just a quick answer on the phone or with visuals, if they're very technical and such. Um, but where I'm going with that is over the years, working with people, what I've noticed um, among individuals putting in seven figures per year into whole life insurance policies with cash value being the goal, they're laser focused on the cash value and they've got an interest in using the cash value. And before they discover whole life insurance and the cash value benefits, they've used their bank account. And what I mean when I say that is they've built their bank account balance up with cash. And then when they see an opportunity, perhaps it's a piece of property, they write a check from their bank account, purchase the investment, and then that investment produces income, comes back to their bank account. And that's the basic approach almost everyone does. So what attracts them to the whole life insurance policy is a number of benefits, but it's typically the compounding. Once a dollar passes through the cash value, if it's earning a net internal rate of return of 4%, I can let it sit and grow or I can borrow against it, but I continue to earn that 4% on my entire cash value balance, money remaining and the money outstanding. So when they hear that, that's where that that's where one becomes intrigued and says, okay, I'm, a, I'm interested in moving a lot of money from cash to the whole life insurance policy now. That's what I want to do. But before I just jump in, which is what we see a lot of people do, how I make decisions is with data. And a lot of times they do it themselves or they have advisors that will vet the product for them. And they say, I want to see exactly what I'm doing now, lay it out in a spreadsheet or make it very, very simple for me, show me what I'm doing now with my bank account and directly compare that with using the policy. And I wanna see how much I'm paying in loan interest, what the gains are, what the balances are when I look at my bank account compared to the policy and see when I'm ahead in one versus the other. And that's what they wanna see. So that's what we work on putting together. Talked a lot there, any questions on that? Um, have you, and you've modeled that out. Yeah. Yeah. We can pull it up and I'll show you exactly yeah, what I go through. Cool. Yeah. So what will they want to see? So are, are they usually talking about something with some kind of S&P returns or some kind of 
Uh, are we talking about literally conservative cash. cash? Okay. Cash. So the advantage to a bank account, extremely liquid. I can get to my money anytime I want. That's why we all use bank accounts today. So if I'm going to use that as my source of purchasing investments or purchasing anything, and I'm going to use now instead a whole life insurance policy, well, let me see the pros and cons. So where we'll always start before we just jump into using the money is looking at a growth comparison. So here on the left, we've got bank account. And this is someone who's looking at a policy to fund a million bucks per year for five years. Might want to go longer. Um, so he can go longer with the how the policy is designed. You can continue to add to his bank account. Where the five years came from is he owns a company. He may exit it in five years or so. He's uncertain. So what we're what we discussed is all right. Well, what's it look like if I take out a life insurance policy, aggressively fund it for five years? I'll leverage it during those five years as much as I want. But then after the five years, if I do exit my company, then what I'll do is take the money that I was paying toward premium and redirect that toward loans. And how I'll do that is with the proceeds from my exit or from the real estate investments. But I don't want to be obligated to continue to make payments, but still give me that option if I want to keep funding it. Um, questions on that piece? No. Okay. So left, we've got the bank account. Pretty straightforward. Annual deposits, $5 million. That's where we get into the, the account. Total deposits, account value. Ran it at 2%, which might be a bit high for some, might be a bit low for others, but we can adjust that if we wanted to. It's a pretty simple, just compound calculator. And then what I like to do here is lay out, okay, we've got the percentage, but how much are you actually growing by each year at 2%? And then what's the total gain? So if I just pump a million in per year for five years to a bank account, and that earns 2% every single year, by year five, I'm at 5.3 million, which is a total gain of $308,000. And then directly compare that to a whole life insurance policy. So this is actually a, uh, an illustration, regular preferred 37 year old male, um, mass mutual 10 pay product is what we looked at. We looked at a number of options, but here's what we're looking at now. So juiced for cash value, but here's the number one disadvantage when we look at a whole life pro product compared to a bank account. And it jumps out at a consumer, not always an agent, but a consumer who's putting in a million or any dollar amount. Year one, what's your difference? Big, right? Yep. Yeah, 100 grand, no matter how you spin it, a bit more than that. Right. Because the worst year of a whole life insurance policy is the first year. So I put that million in. I've got 900,000, there's my death benefit. IRR is not 2%, it's about negative 10%. There's the loss because of the premium cost in the first year. There's the total gain. But then this yeah, guy- I mean, that jumps out at you, but if yep. I'm um, not all that familiar with this process and I'm looking at this spreadsheet for the first time, I think, in my mind, logically, those annual IRR numbers are going to be read a lot longer. So I think um, this actually shows really favorably. It's like a oh yeah, year one, you're way behind, and then after that, it's 
Correct. So this guy here in the far right, CV difference will rep represent how much more or less you have in cash value compared to the bank account earning 2%. Right. So at one point you get up to, you know, almost a $200,000 shortage, but at that point you've also put in 3 million. So it's. Yeah, correct. 3 million total by year five, right? That's or year six is the crossover when we've got more in cash value than what we have in the account, the bank account, right. which we'll see that every single time. And if the policy is poorly designed with higher premiums and higher expenses, then this will be pushed out further. So, and I talk, we talk about this all the time, the number one drawback to a whole life insurance product, any product is always the early years. So why I've spent about five minutes or why we've spent five minutes on this is this is something that I never want to brush over with anyone, whether they're putting in a million, 100K, 10 grand, whatever, it's their money, because the pain point for anyone is going to come in the early years. And typically individuals like this will look at it and say, okay, we can minimize the upfront hit and I'm really in this for the long haul and it's really not that much of a hit in the early years relative to the amount I paid in. Right. So if I'm comfortable with this, not having access to the cash value difference in the first five years, then the strategy makes sense for me. If I look at that and say, I might need access or want access to that, and what I get long-term doesn't compensate for it, that's where I might look at it and say, okay, it might not be a fit right now, or we look at a different dollar amount, but just making sure I'm, I'm intentional about having a conversation on that piece. Yep. Yep. So, and again, this is just a growth comparison to kick things off. Right. As time passes, right, it's just going to continue to stew because I've got this IRR and then I've got the taxable equivalent yeah, I mean, as, as well. As time passes, it becomes, you know, it's not fair. Yeah, it, it's not fair. Even if you adjust the rate upwards, like that might delay things a little bit, but still the whole life policy will get stronger and stronger. Right. So then what we'll look at for an individual, because the purpose was to show them a side by side. Here's what I'm doing now. So with their bank account, here we go. Same thing with the growth. This is what we just looked at. But then to the right, what's it look like if I use it? So pay attention to this column, total deposits. Let's say year two, he's got 2 million in there and he wants to take a million bucks out, which I would withdraw money from my bank account. Take a withdrawal, four million bucks, invest in real estate or wherever. My account value or balance decreases, obviously. But total deposits, that's one million now. Reason why, because I paid in a million, year to another million, then I pulled a million out, right? So net input. So what we'll often see is something like this, where one says, I'm going to continuously use my money. So I paid in five million. I used 4 million and what am I left with here? Almost 1.2. Then I sell the property, pay it off in a lump sum or refill my bank account, I should say. Pay off that terminology from the policy. <laughs> Old habits right. die hard. But what we'll look at here, so hitting on the opportunity cost, year six, that's when I brought my total deposits back up to 5 million, refilled the account. Over here, I'm at 5.4 million. 
And the reason why is because when this money was taken out of the account, it's no longer earning the 2% or whatever that earnings rate is in my bank account. Mm -hmm. So it's a lost opportunity cost. That's the drawback and what begins to attract people to whole life insurance. Any questions on this thus far or making sense? Yeah. Cool. Let's continue on. So then we'll compare it with a policy loan, but here's what I'm going to do. Look at a lot of columns, right? I am working on simplifying this, but it's not as overwhelming as it looks, I promise. Yep. So on the left, here's what we just looked at with the bank account. Right. So there's our million. Let's duplicate what we just saw. Take out those $1 million withdrawals. And then here in year four, what we've got, real estate investment deposit, refill it, $4 million. So we just duplicated what we have. There's our value. Here's our whole life insurance policy. Premium and PUA deposits. There's our cash value. Here's our loan value. You'll see it'll match the cash value unless I've got loans outstanding. So this really, think of this loan column. value is just like loan availability? Correct, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. And a lot of times we'll make this 95% for this example. We made it 100%, just easier to follow. Yeah. Let's do the same thing here. There's a $1 million loan. And here's what we've got. So before I... Um, sometimes we will do that if it's after year seven, just to prevent the mech from occurring. Um, and for income, we will do surrenders up to basis. But a lot of times we'll look at loans if the intention is to repay it at some point in time. Okay. Mm -hmm. So here's what we want to look at. So first, take a million bucks out here. I've got a 5% loan interest rate. I can adjust this. This workbook here does not model direct policy loans. This is actually using a uh, cash value collateral loan, line of credit with a bank, but it's same concept. Okay. Just because direct policy loans and model them in the software. So there's my $1 million loan balance, 5%, $50,000 in loan interest. And here we're assuming we do not pay it because I don't have interest over here with a bank account. I don't have any loan interest. So let's do the exact same thing out of pocket. Keep that consistent for the consumer. Here we go. So there's your 1 million coming out for four years, just like this guy. Then we sell a piece of property, throw 4 million back into our bank account. Over here, we apply 4 million toward the policy loan. So what do we notice over here? Well, you've got whole life cash value after all of that of 5.429 million, whereas you've got bank account value of 5.21. Yes. Your whole life's got cash value of another $220,000. Correct, looking at the, the gross value. However, thanks for mentioning that. I would actually look at this guy, uh -huh. the loan value here, because that's the, the money I can still access. Because what I did is when we applied $4 million toward the loan, we haven't been paying the loan interest all those years. Hmm. 
So this 4.9 is the net value I have, accounting, assuming a $525,000 loan still outstanding. So now bank account value 5.2, net cash value 4.9, bank account is ahead by 300 grand and it stays ahead through policy year eight in this example without paying the loan interest. Got it. And what I'll add, so here I've got more cash value all the way through to the right of this red line represents how much more I have in cash value than what I would have in the bank account. And it does factor in that loan outstanding the whole time too. Questions on that? Uh, what, talk about the, why did the loan, yep. why is the loan and modeled yep. after an external loan? Yep. Um, why is the loan modeled after an external loan? Yep. Yep. So, whoa, so I did, so to model it directly in the illustration software, I'd have to run this, which I did run a couple models, but this guy here just assumes I take my policy to a bank, assign the cash value to them as collateral, they give right. me a line of credit, and whatever I have in cash value, I can access via a loan. It's just collateralized with a bank instead of directly with, a, with the insurance company. Is that what you're asking? <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what, will, yeah. That, will that bank, I mean, I kind of know the answer to this anyway, but just for everybody's benefit, if I'm the client and I get a line of credit like that, that's collateralized by the cash value, um, you know, I'm sure it's, you know, I mean, you have to look at the contract language yeah. of the loan, but is the lender just kind of on the fly looking at available cash value for collateral and letting me access up to a certain percentage of that typically? Yeah, so a lot of lenders will allow up to 95%. Um, there's one I'm familiar with that does go up to 100% of the cash value, but typically you'll see it between that 95 and 100% loan range or LTV range, yeah. The other thing here is we modeled not paying any loan interest when it was due, which is why the loan balance is the same or right. conti continues to compound. So what I wanna do here now is assume we do pay the interest because we would recommend that when possible. The thing is, before we do that, like what I'm aiming for here for the sake of the consumer is to keep their out-of-pocket identical. Okay. What, what I don't want to do, which I, I have seen done in the past to make whole life look more favorable, is if I just pay this loan off plus the interest, the cash value will look way, way better than the bank account. However, if I'm the consumer, I would say, okay, well, if you're gonna model me dishing money out of my pocket toward the loan interest, wouldn't I, to be fair, put that in my bank account then? So the cash flow, the cash input is the same. Right. And I would say, yes, we would wanna do that. So when we click this button, pay interest, what this will do in purple, this assumes whatever the loan interest is, we pay out of pocket. So now, but add that amount to the bank account as well. You got it. So you'll actually see that right here. So what this calculator does is just take money that was going toward loan interest payments and assume we're gonna add that to our bank account. And you'll see it here with the total out of pocket. 
identical. Has to be the same. Money into the bank account or insurance company is identical. And then what happens? So here's at the end of the day, <laughs> which one do I have more money with? And without any loans or when I just compared the growth, it was by year six, the whole life policy had more. Now, if I'm leveraging in the early years, it's by year eight, they're even mm-hmm. in this particular case, which makes sense. I mean, the only time this strategy here are making it look really as worse as it can, as bad as it can look, because if we're going to leverage a policy in the early years, we've got the cost to borrow. And if we go back to tab one, when we look at the actual growth rate, we're negative in the first two years, then starts to pick up the pace. So if we have a 5% cost on top of that, that is going to push us a little bit further behind. As we use it more and more over time, what will happen is things will just skew more and more in our favor, on the favor of the whole life insurance policy, that is. What about the interest rate assumptions for the bank account? I mean, do you get people that are kind of all over the place with that? Not not really. Um, and that could be because in the past it was a 0% or 1% in the bank account. Now right. it might be two. But with that said, so what I make it a point to do is once I walk through how to how to uh, work this calculator, it's not as complex as it looks, is a consumer can adjust the, the numbers. So if they say, okay, if I think, or if I have a 3% bank account, or if I want to gradually scale it up over time, I can do that. And then what does that do to the comparison? Pushes it a little bit further out, but at the same time, I will have significantly more cash value, very likely to, um, with the whole life insurance product. Also, if we do everything right, we can access that tax-free where we can't do that with a bank account. So you've got those added benefits there. Um, but if they want to adjust the loan, the interest rate in their bank account, you can do that, no problem. Do you find that people get hung up on the red negative numbers in the last column, regardless of what the size of those numbers is? Um, no. And I mean, I, I sometimes maybe um, they don't express it a whole lot, but I do I do want to make sure that that's noticeable. Like I don't want to try and hide the yeah. part that's negative. So yeah. I'd much rather have someone be aware of that as opposed to me not show them. And then they find out two years later and say, dude, you didn't show me this. Like, what the heck, man? Like, <laughs> yeah. I was think- totally. I was thinking more like I've had conversations before where like, let's say, you know, I mean, you're talking about a scenario here where someone is putting in $5.5 million over five years into this vehicle. And let's say the cash value difference in one of those years was like, you know, negative 25,000 or negative 50,000 or even negative, you know, they're $100,000 under when the client brings that up. And my initial gut reaction would be in the grand scheme of things, that's really not a material difference, but the fact that they brought it up and verbalized it, I think that would, that would stick with me and it would probably stick with them. Correct. Yeah. So really if, I 100% agree. Really have to listen to what what is their number one concern um, and then address it or make it as transparent as possible so they can make a decision. Um, yeah, that's, that's the big thing. And, yeah. you know, 
What we haven't done here is start looking at withdrawals and loans in the future, which will just make everything look more and more favorable to the advantage of the policy. The early years, a bank account will have the advantage. And a nice way to highlight that is if we just go back to this, and if I simplify it here, let's get rid of all this extra stuff. I just pull out the IRRs. There we go. Let's even do this. Year one, bank account. I put in a million, I have my million and a little bit more if I'm earning interest. Whereas the policy, year four is when I have more money than what I've paid in. You know, the nice thing is that, um, you know, obviously not dollar for dollar and things change and there's a lot of variables here. But if you, any kind of stress that you put on this model, this basic starting point is kind of how it looks. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the first, call it five to eight years, um, the bank account or some kind of low interest yielding investment account is going to outperform this. But once you get past that point, it pretty quickly, um, you know, hurdles past yeah. any kind of bank account. Yeah. Even at 1%, right? So then it's year five is when it overtakes it. Right. And the, and the thing too, that we can't do this with a policy is if rates go up, right? And I'm getting a higher interest rate in a bank account, likely what will happen is that will result in dividends increasing down the road as well, which right. should push up the IRR. So it'll all, all somewhat work out in the wash. Mm -hmm. Right. But Well, I, and I, rates going up, you know, for cash and cash equivalents, like I'm trying to think back over, you know, I mean, what, you, you probably have these studies memorized more than I do, but like what's a, even in a rising interest rate environment, what's a realistic assumption for safe money, you know? Yeah, I think right now. five or 6%. No, it's not. No, 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 not at all. Not not like money in cash that I've got in my checking or savings account that if yeah, I want to access it. Maybe it's three. Yeah, two to three percent right now. Um, a lot of times we'll see two percent. I just read um, a piece yesterday, um, and the title of it was "Is the, is two percent the new zero percent?" Right for the years we've had that zero percent checking account. My business checking account was zero point zero zero percent for a long time. I don't know if it still is. But like, all right, like why do we have it here again? Um, but it was just because interest rates are so low. The bank is like, we can't do anything there. Um, but my point now that things have gone up a little bit is 2%, the new 0%, and things could change, right? Who would have predicted that we'd have had this spike post-COVID and even COVID? But that's why we just keep track of things and adjust as, as time passes. Yeah. All right, mm -hmm. All right but, great. This, this was great. Anything else here you want to highlight? Um, no, no. So that's what we'll walk through. And we will do it with direct policy loans too, right? So... <laughs> Can tell nerd so out instead stuff. of just showing, you know, a lot of times I always think it's interesting, like we get in, um, you know, not ruts, but we get in this routine of how we present our product where like I know for, for years it, it was like, hey, here's a whole life policy and we're going to illustrate max income from age 65 to 80 to mimic like, you know, supplemental retirement income and here's what that's going to look like. And it looked great. And I, I, you know, we would talk about it and everything. And I remember talking to some of the older agents or more experienced guys 
in my agency who have been with Mass Mutual for, you know, 20, 30 years. I remember asking them, I said, hey, how many, what percentage of your client, these are guys who have sold a ton of whole life to, uh, you know, a, a, a endless uh, list of clients. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, how many of your clients are taking a regular stream of income out of these policies? They were like, oh, almost none. Like, that's yeah. not how it works in the real world. Like, it's much more um money's there when you need it it's there for an off year it just you know and it, it struck me that a lot of times what we get we illustrate and talk about is not real world so this is nice to see something that's here's what this high net yeah. worth individual is actually doing with their cash right now let's mimic it kind of exactly yeah with you know with a policy and what does that look like yeah, as much as we can, um, yeah. and that and that model too. I mean, that's something. It was I put that together this past weekend. Um, so when I work on that stuff, like what I'm always looking at is how to to simplify it more and more. Because when I look at that, I think, all right, if a consumer sees this, there's a lot of columns here. Yeah, it's so, a little busy, right? Yeah, how do you continue to refine it? Which I'll work with individuals and, and try to do that. Um, where the the information is still accurate, where nothing important is missing. Um, but then we can see it and say, okay, like here's the bottom line. Here's how much more or less I have in cash value than what I would have the bank account. Um, and then show it whether it's that third party loan or the direct policy loans. Like there are a number of scenarios I modeled just in the illustration software via loans because they wanted to see, hey, what if we just borrow from the insurance company, right? If we just do it direct and don't work with a right. bank, I'm like, all right, here's what it looks like. You know, maybe. It it, do, it does look a little busy, but um, as I was looking at it, not as busy as I thought at, at first glance. I think what would help, uh, which sounds um, really basic, might be like a key to with like each column and a definition of each column. Some of the columns obviously are yeah, totally self-explanatory. But I feel like visually, if I look at a spreadsheet like that, and before I look at it, I see this is what this column is, this is what this column is. And there would be some that do need some explanation. The um, the uh, loan balance column showing like availability alone. Um, but if I could see that in my face either first or the whole time, that might help me focus on, oh, I really want to see what this column looks like. Yeah. given certain stressors. Yeah, I like that. Um, definitely makes it simple for the user. Like that's the big thing. Um, thank you for that idea. We'll probably do that. <laughs> um, so listen, if anybody has any uh, questions or thoughts um, about this model that Steve put together or any of the conversation that we had today, please feel free to reach out to either myself, Mike Courtney, or Steve Parisi at any time. If you want to talk about this, if you want to talk about whole life, if you want to talk about cash value accumulation and, uh, you know, we talk about all kinds of stuff. So, uh, Steve, have a great day. Thanks for your help. You too. Thanks so much, Mike. Enjoy. See you.